Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith, recording live on a Tuesday from Canton, Ohio. A brisk 30 degrees with snow on the ground. Canton, Ohio, the home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm happy to be here for the World Youth Championships with my 7U Cerritos Hornets football team, led by the one and only Jose Ponce playing center. Got my man Greg Biggins on the line. GB, you're in sunny Southern California. How do you feel? I'm good, man. It, it's pretty nice here. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, <laughs> I actually, I like I like a little bit of chill, but it's been kind of really comfortable weather. Hasn't rained in a couple days. Uh, I can't get used to what you're going through out there. I can, I can never get used to that. I've been in there, done that for camp. I could never live in that. I'm with you on that. I could never live in Ohio. I could never live in these cold weather states. Don't know how they do it. It seems miserable at times for me. But nonetheless, Greg, I'm out here in the World Youth Championships. The Cerritos Hornets, my 7U team, we have the Delaware Elite Thursday at noontime. Should be a great game. I did do a little scouting on the Delaware Elite. They got a little running back. They like to give him to the ball. He likes to make the quick cut up the middle. We're going to make sure we box him in and break him off once he comes through those trenches running high. So that's our plan. If we win, GB, we play who I call the LSU Tigers, which is the Louisiana Tigers, or the Ohio State Buckeyes, which are the Columbus Buckeyes 7U team. So it's exciting. But nevertheless, let's move along. We got recruiting with you, Greg. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. What you got for us? Man, there's a lot going on. I don't even know where to start, Keith. Just uh, a couple commitments, nothing nothing too earth-shattering, and then a couple D commitments, and then I figure we'll go talk about some of these big announcements coming up. Uh, ASU continues to do well in the Southern California area. They landed a kid who goes by the name of Amiri Johnson from Diamond Ranch. Like this kid a lot. Uh, ironically... A guy we kind of compared him to in terms of physicality in the frame, Alonzo Hall, decommitted shortly after Amiri committed. I don't think there was anything because of, you know, one over the other. 
uh, there was definitely room for both. And Mary Johnson, first off, start off with him. Uh, he was down to Boise State and ASU, visited both schools, but he went ahead and chose ASU. And then Alonzo Hall wants to take some trips. And so I think ASU kind of said, hey, that's fine. If you want to take some trips, you go ahead. But that spot might not be there for you later on down the road. So I think he decided to open things up, and he's going to trip to some schools. I, I heard Wyoming and Nevada um, are the schools that Alonzo Hall might go ahead and visit. But Amiri Johnson is in. We'll talk about a couple more D-line targets um, for ASU. But we'll, might as well talk, talk about them right now. Drake Jackson and Stephon Wright are both going to be signing day decisions. I think ASU is in the top two for both with Drake Jackson. I think it's ASU and USC with Stephon Wright. I think it's ASU and UW, the Washington Huskies. I think uh, I, f- I feel pretty good about ASU for Mr. Stephon Wright. I mentioned already he'll be a signing day decision. Uh, Drake Jackson, he was a big ASU lean until his visit to USC, Keith. And then, again, this is one of those kids, you know, he came from a USC family, you know, Papa Dennis was just, I don't know what other word to use other than just giddy. He was giddy on that visit, Keith. He was seeing his wow. son, and he even tweeted or Instagrammed or whatever he, his social media choice was that this was kind of like his dream, seeing his kid wearing that USC gear. So you know where mom and pops wants him, but I do think ASU has really done a great job connecting with Drake. Uh, USC just hired a new D-line coach yesterday, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Boise State coach, so you probably know a little bit about him. I'm sure your boy Jabril Frazier knows a little bit about him. Uh, yes. Call him Coach Chad. Just call him Coach yes, Chad. Yeah, Coach Chad. But um, so Drake is going to be, a, like I mentioned with Stefan, he'll be a signing day decision. Both those two guys are going to announce on the Fox show. And uh, I think Drake is going to have his home visit with Coach Chad on Friday. And uh, ASU, they've already done. They're now in bowl preparation. So ASU's done in terms of their visit. So uh, Drake Jackson and Stephon Wright, Keith, I'm interested to see mostly what Drake's going to do. I think I feel good about ASU for Stephon, but I'm curious what Drake Jackson's going to do. Will he, will he follow the path that, that was set before him before the beginning of time? Or will he go to the school less traveled if you're a Southern California lad? It's going to be interesting, Keith. That will definitely be interesting. I will be tuning in to the Fox show. You best believe it. I'm sure our listeners will, too. Drake Jackson will be an early, early guy on the field for wherever he chooses to go. USC is going to pass rush. They lack pass rushers at the yin-yang. They got to get some guys in there that get some penetration. Really put pressure on the quarterback and make him move the spot, make him uncomfortable. Drake Jackson, that's what he specializes in. Ever since he played at the top and top one program, that must have found right, a big physical guy in the interior, great hands, great quickness, plays with leverage, uh, plays with a physical mindset, really like him. If ASU can lead, I really like that fit with ASU because they have a very quick and attacking defense that I can dictate to the answer. But I'm going to move backwards just a step. There's a new Johnson commitment that's big for ASU a couple of reasons. You know, at first, when you pair a Mary Johnson on the outside with a Lance Hall, you're talking about two six foot four, two six foot five kids, not just with that type of size, but with tremendous length. You're talking about two small forwards setting the edge, getting the pressure on the passer, making the pocket reestablish itself somewhere other than it wants to be, which is on the quarterback spot. 
a big time athlete that what ability that Herm Edwards defensive staff and places in the state a great place for him to go train and develop uh, a great coaching so uh, a charismatic great hall not allowed apparently to be uh, playing to a corner back into a corner or pressured to make a decision he opens it up he's going to go and look where he wants to look and you know by all means you know, I'm for the athlete empower the athlete if that's what he wants to do and that's his choice then so be it and congratulations to Alonzo Gray Hall that he's standing his ground he wants to go check out all the schools go do that don't be afraid of you know what the, uh, the consequences are you know, in return. So congratulations to him as well, GB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also committing, and we kind of saw this one coming, Bakersfield, uh, DB Carl, jo- Carl Jones, decommitted from Colorado. The last two weeks, he's taken visits to Cal and UCLA. And the feeling I get is, is he's uh, UCLA's to lose right now. I think they're in a good spot for him. So Carl kind of made it official today when he decommitted. But again, I think the writing was already on the wall with some of the trips he was taking. And uh, I'm sure they'll they'll try to get back into him now with the new coach, um, but I do think it might be a little bit too late. So, um, got some big announcements coming up. We got three elite kids. In fact, all three of these kids are in the top 100 in the country. One of them's in the top 10. Start off with Wednesday night, uh, Mr. Trent McDuffie, who uh, very well could be my favorite cover corner. Not just out west, but nationally. Not saying he's the best, but I, I just love uh, his makeup as a player and as a person off the field. So just the way he handles himself, he's he's a phenomenal player with tremendous upside. Um, I, mean, I don't know if I even said the name yet. Trent McDuffie. Did I already say Trent's name? Yeah, Trent yes, you did. McDuffie. So I just said it twice now. St. John Bosco Corner, Trent McDuffie, is going to announce on Wednesday, kind of the finalists for him were Washington, Stanford, USC, and the Oregon Ducks. I think it kind of came down in the end, uh, mostly to Oregon and UW. Stanford was, was definitely there for a while. Um, my crystal ball pick has Trent going to UW. We'll see if that is correct, but uh, this show is going to air on Wednesday morning. Trent's announcement is going to be 6 p.m. Wednesday night, so we're going to preview that announcement. I think right now the Huskies are in a pretty good spot. And Trent's going to announce, and we might see Coach Peterson tweet out a woof around 5.59-ish. We'll see if that happens or not. But, man, uh, UW and, and Jimmy Lake, they do a phenomenal job with defensive backs, and especially with, you know, defensive back recruiting. they got a loaded group already. Add Trent to that make that's a, that's a nice, nice pickup if it happens for the Huskies, Keith. No question about it. Trent McDuffie, a premier cover corner, Greg. I'm with you. One of the top corners nationally. Uh, I think it's a great teaching, teachable moment for parents and athletes right now, Greg. Jimmy Duffy spent the offseason running track, Greg. Really gaining that half a step of speed that he really needed to get on the highway with great athletes. Big time corner, made tremendous strides as a senior. And as many people say, we see that box as best defensive player. If Washington do him, I think it's a terrific chance considering who have Washington already has in the fall. They got a big time coach in Jimmy Lake. But do not sleep on the staff of Cardinal. If he does get into admissions, which I do not have any information about, 
they do a great job coaching defensive backs and no education better than Stanford out there. So, but Trimming, definitely good luck on your commitment. And with all the other things you have to push a big dog. So that is Wednesday. Thursday is going to be and none other than Cajon record-breaking quarterback Jaden Daniels. He will be making his announcement, Keith, at his high school. I want to say 1 o'clock. And his finalists are Arizona State, Cal, UCLA, and Utah. I'll tell you what, man. This family has done an awesome job of, of really keeping a poker face, not allowing anyone to really know what's going on. Uh, I, I think at this point in time, usually one school, maybe two schools still feels good. You know, still feels like they're in it. Every school still feels like they're in it right now. Nobody feels like they've been eliminated yet. So that's what makes this announcement so interesting. At one point, you know, everyone thought he was going to UCLA. Uh, then everyone thought, okay, he's going to Utah. Then a lot of us thought it was going to be Arizona State. Now the buzz is UCLA is making another late run. So kind of just reading the tea leaves and none of this comes from the family because they're not really talking in terms of giving anything you know they're not giving any hints at all but talking to some uh some people the buzz is kind of asu ucla keith i think those are the two schools uh, you know with ucla it's location it's chip kelly um it's uh you know academics it's a very strong academic family um mother regina has a couple master's degrees so academics are big with ASU uh, really connected with the coaching staff and the players uh, Herm Edwards Antonio Pierce Coach Likens they did a great job really connecting whereas you know when Jaden took his visit to UCLA I never got the sense that he kind of really felt that connection he didn't really vibe as well and it sounds stupid for some people they're like oh who cares like I always say man recruiting is about relationships and sometimes you can have you know weigh the pros and cons and okay now what's what's better than this and this end of the day a lot of kids it's where they feel most comfortable and right now I think ASU is probably where he feels most comfortable also um, Matty Wilkins is graduating quarterback job is wide open they don't really have a, a guy right now um, on campus with a lot of experience so Jaden he's an early grad and they want to get in there and they want to compete for playing time right away at UCLA that probably would be a little bit harder Dorian Thompson Robinson is coming back for at least two more years if he decides to be a, you know, hopefully he's a three and out guy. It means he's having great success. I'm not saying Jaden can't beat out Doreen or not saying Doreen won't get hurt, but it seems like the path might be a little bit easier at ASU. So a lot of little factors right now. My gut right now, Keith, is ASU. And that would be remarkable for a couple of reasons. Number one, ASU was the last school to get involved with Jaden. They didn't really get involved until November. Uh, number two, they already have two quarterbacks committed, Ethan Long and Joe Yellen. This would be their third guy. So if they, they do get uh, Jaden, don't be shocked if one of those other two guys decides to uh, maybe flip somewhere else. I, I think a lot of schools are going to go on Joey Yellen if Jaden goes there, thinking that Joey's going to want to leave. But I, I think Joey right now feels pretty comfortable with his spot at ASU. So we'll find out Thursday, Keith, around 1 o'clock, Jaden Daniels. You ever heard of the phrase, GB, right place, right time? I think that's suitable in this circumstance when we talk about Looking for a dynamic dual threat. Looking for a guy who's got leadership qualities, but down to earth, relatable with players on the team, can have that personal relationship with head coach Tom Edwards, who we all know is a very personable guy. I'm guaranteed, Greg, and I've never done this before, I'm stepping on the land, I'm guaranteed right now, Jaden Daniels, commit to Arizona State. 
Yeah, that's where my crystal ball is at as well. And last but not least, Keith, on Saturday, um, I think this is going to be either 12 o'clock or, or 1 o'clock. I'm not sure. 12, I think 12 o'clock. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, a top 10 player nationally, um, top 5 player by, by some services. Kayvon is down to alphabetical order. Uh, Florida, Florida State, oh, actually, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, and the Oregon Ducks. Another recruitment that's been kind of all over the map at certain times. At one point, uh, I had him going to Florida State. Then I had him going to Oregon. Now, all the buzz lately, Keith, as you would expect, is Alabama. Is making that late charge. Nick Saban did a home visit last week. Uh, Saban doesn't always come out West Coast and do these home visits, but obviously, they like Kayvon quite a bit. It is... So we're about four days away, Keith. I'm still sticking with Oregon as of today. Mm -hmm. um, I can definitely give myself the opportunity if I want to, to, to change that as we get closer. But as, as, as of today, I still feel Oregon, I think, is extremely close. I don't think Florida State has been eliminated. I think the Florida Gators are a long shot, though. But I think Florida State still got a fighting puncher's chance. But I do think Alabama and Oregon are just about neck and neck. But I give a... Just a slight edge to Oregon right now, but it's close. But Saturday, 12 o'clock, that's when he'll be making his big decision. That's going to be Kayvon's birthday. So uh, kind of cool. He's doing it that way at a, a little local restaurant. And uh, I was going to drive out there for that and kind of see how it goes. But uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Keith, what do you think? I know early on you kind of felt Bama. They are making a late charge right now. Are you going to put your neck on the line? You, do you think Bama pulls this one out? You know, GB, I've been saying it from day one. Kayvon to Bama, what it's going to be. I have a sneaky suspicion. I've got a funny feeling. Kayvon Thibodeau, Taj Lupoy, Nick Saban in cahoots for KT8 and T-Town, Tuscaloosa. Like you said, Saban doesn't come west for players. He doesn't come west for home visits. But when you talk about Maybe the top player in the country, the, the top prospect in the country, Saban makes the trip, sits down in Kayvon's living room, shh, and tells him to kiss the rings. I got Kayvon Thibodeau committing to the University of Alabama at his commitment ceremony. I'm going to miss it because I'm out in Canton, Ohio. But, Greg, if you, if you are there, enjoy yourself. I hear there's going to be lots of food, lots of folks, and lots of fun. So please enjoy yourself on my behalf. And that is it as far as commitments this week. But there's going to be a it's going to be a, a lot going on next week. Keith, early For Saturday sure. day starts on December nineteenth. That's a Wednesday. A lot of the top guys uh, are going to wait until February. Um, you know, the top guy out west, Brew McCoy. He is going to be an All American Game announcement uh, right now. USC Texas are going. Just battling, Keith. I know the McCoy family is pretty excited about Cliff Kingsbury. If you're a receiver, how can you not be? Uh, Texas has done, by for me, by far the best job recruiting him, though. Um, you know, the receiver coach over at Texas, Coach Maringer, uh, Keith uh, Bruce said that's by far the coach that he's closest with. Uh, Tom Herman is in his house as we speak. Keith, for those who don't wow. know, we're actually speaking at 8.30 for me. What, 10.30 for you? On a Tuesday 11.30 night. 11.30 for me, GB. 11.30 on a Tuesday night we're taping the show. So Tom Herman is in the McCoy house 
as we speak, Tuesday night. He's in there, man. He's trying to get this done. It would be incredible to steal a kid from Southern California who I mentioned, Drake Jackson, kind of out of the womb, going to USC. Brew McCoy, man, this, he's coming from a USC family. Mom and Pops love the Trojans. Brew, uh, so many ties to USC. JT Daniels is one of his best friends. The families are tight. JT's the quarterback, going to be running that running gun air raid offense. He's tied with Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, they got a whole bunch of modern-day guys, and not just now, but historically. Modern-day has always been a pipeline to USC. Um, I can go on and on. Matt Leinert won a Heisen Trophy. That's a modern-day guy. Sure. Uh, sure. Rod Perry went and played football and baseball. Uh, modern-day guy. There's just so many of them. Uh, Matt Texas, Barkley. Man. Sure. Matt Barkley. How can I forget? How can I forget Matt Barkley, four-year starter at modern-day? So, uh, but Texas, Keith, they've really done, done a great job, and they got a spot for him. They're saying, hey, we got two studs at receiver. They might both leave early. we got a spot for you to come in and play right now. Uh, Washington also did a great job, and surprisingly, you know, UCLA has not, not backed down. His last official visit was to UCLA, and I think un, in under different circumstances, UCLA would have a, a, a real shot. It was just they got in kind of late. He didn't really have a established relationships with that staff like he did other places. But talking to Brew and his dad, man, they raved about Chip Kelly. And they're like, dude, this guy's got a plan. Like, talking to him and sitting down, this guy is, he comes across as the smartest guy in the room. You know what? He probably is, is what they were saying. So, uh, but it's just, it's just, I think it's a little too, too little too late for UCLA. But um, they hung around. But I think it's Texas, USC. He'll announce on January 5th at the All-American game. And tell you what, man, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Texas there tonight. He's going to take his official trip to USC this weekend. Um, going to sit down with Cliff Kingsbury and kind of find out, okay, is this a fit or what? They're going to figure that out. Then we'll go into a dead period. And then we'll find out what's going on with Cape, uh, with Brew in a couple of weeks. But I'm excited to see what big Brew McCoy is going to do. You know, Brew is a kid who's kind of known. He's got a history of going against the grain, Greg. Not sure our listeners know. Uh, Brew kind of grew up in the Palos Verdes area, played pop water ball there. Didn't finish there, went against the grain, went to go play for the IE Ducks his last pop water year. Comes back to Palos Verdes after that year is over with, and you think he's going to go to Palos Verdes High School or maybe to Sarah, the local South Bay team, maybe even Bosco. He bucks the trend, and he breaks east towards Santa Ana and goes to modern day where he knew no, nobody other than JT Daniels. And again, Boo McCoy against the grain with a decision. Wouldn't be shocked if he goes against the grain and chooses Texas, but I think he's going to be a USC Trojan, Greg. You know, it's so funny, Keith. I'm glad you brought that up. I talked to his dad for a while today, and he said exactly what you said. He said, dude, he was 100% going to Bosco. Um, Sarah wasn't really involved. PG wasn't really involved. Long Beach probably a little bit. Um, but they, he was a done deal for Bosco. He had always done four virtues with Bosco. Uh, he had buddies going to Bosco. He was locked up. And one day, and he said, ironically, you know, the one school, and obviously we know how you know high school recruiting works. It's crazy. Everyone's trying to call an offer something. And his dad would say, you know, the two people that never really offered us anything that were just gentlemen were Jason Negro and Bruce Rawlinson. Uh, everyone thought he was going to Bosco, and Bruce shocked us when he chose Modern Day. We're like, Modern Day? They haven't won anything in a long time. Like, what do you want to go to there for? That, that's a sinking ship. This is his pop talking. But Bruce, right. he goes, he, he goes. you know what? He's just, he's always been that way. And you mentioned he knew JT, uh, a couple other ducks. 
Uh, he knew Phil Dubar. He knew Big Mike Martinez. They were all ducks who went to modern day as well. But can you imagine the, how the balance of power would have shifted if Brew was at Bosco for the last four years? I mean, we're talking about a Bosco dynasty. They probably win the three. They're, they're probably winning, you know, Bosco won a state title two years ago, but with Brew, they probably win the last two years as well. He's that kind of player. But, uh, yeah, the, the kind of joke was, you know, modern day is, you know, kind of, um, you know, always been that feeder to USC, but with the way Brew kind of goes against the grain, it's almost like Texas would be the modern day choice. It's like the one that would, would kind of surprise people. So, right, right. We wouldn't shall surprise see, Keith. Me. We shall sure. see. Wouldn't yeah, wouldn't surprise me, but I think he's going to be a USC Trojan. We're all excited to find out. Big Brew announcing uh, later on down the road. So, GB, is that all you got for us? No, man. We got all kinds of stuff. We got, how about, I got him Kyle Ford. How can we Have do you heard it? of? How could you forget Kyle Ford? So Kyle's also going to announce at the All-American game. And I'll tell you what, out of all the players, he's probably, for me, the hardest to predict. I don't even have a crystal ball in for him right now. If I did, I would probably lean a little bit toward Washington. But he's going to take his official trip to USC this weekend, too. Some people say, oh, you know, I can't see USC getting both Brew and Kyle. They're the same type of players. They're both the 6'2", physical, you know, receivers. Um, you know, how would they each fit? And I'm saying these two guys would easily complement each other. They're, they're both talented. It's receiver. It's not quarterback. You can play four or five guys at a time. Uh, I, I do think right now Washington might be the slight leader. Uh, Oregon is also heavily involved. I think those are his top three schools right now. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see what happens with USC this weekend. Kyle's going to announce on January 5th at the All-American Game. Chris Steele also will announce at the All-American Game. Chris is always kind of hard to predict, too, as you know. He was a uh, early UCLA commit, decommitted, USC commit, decommitted. I would not be shocked if he goes back to USC. Um, I would not be surprised if he goes to Florida. My crystal ball right now is to Florida. Uh, Oklahoma is in there. Oregon just did a home visit with him. They're pushing hard. South Carolina hasn't given up. But uh, my gut right now is Florida, or he decides to go back to USC. Talking about Mr. Chris Steele. Um I don't know. You got to read on, on Chris Dilkey. That's a kid you, you you know pretty well. Do you think there's a chance he could end up going back to USC where he, he was committed and backed off not too long ago? I think there is a chance, Greg, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to end up at Florida. I think he's going to become a Gator. I know how much he respects and honors uh, that secondary and the lineage that's in that secondary. Chris Steele. A gator. Mark it down, GB. That's what it's going to be. Not even leaving Not even leaving room for a debate. Uh, Jeremiah Cradell, another player uh, who is going to wait until February to sign. I think right now, Oregon, Oklahoma. He was an Oregon commit. Backed off. Trip to Oklahoma. I was actually a little surprised about Jeremiah, Keith. I thought he might be an early guy to sign next week. And I thought it was going to be the sooner. Once he decommitted from Oregon, I thought, okay, he's done deal. He's going to be going to Oklahoma, but he said no. he's not ready yet. He wants more time. So he's going to wait until February. Um, it's mostly those two schools. And I think there might be a couple other sleeper schools he's kind of waiting on a little bit. Uh, Old Miss did a home visit with him. And uh, Arizona is still trying like heck with him too. But uh, as of right now, Jeremiah Cardell is going to wait. Uh, Raylan Goforth from St. John Bosco, uh, he will also announce on the Fox show, Keith, along with the two DLs we already talked about, Goforth. Uh, he's going to uh, 
I think it's going to come down to UCLA and USC. Oregon is in there. Vanderbilt is in there. But I think it's mostly an L.A. battle. Uh, I, I think USC right now, even though he has, you know, older brother Randall played at UCLA, I think, you know, USC and, and Johnny Nansen, those are the school, uh, that's the coach that he kind of has the best relationship with. Uh, that was his most recent visit. And I think USC might be the team to beat. Although, again, UCLA is, is making a big push. And, uh, you know, Don Pelham has not given up at all. So watch out for the Bruins. But I do think USC right now for Raylan Keith. Another kid who had a huge senior year, Greg, talking about stepping up and really proving naysayers. I don't say not to be wrong, but proving that, you know, he's a big time player. Really go for St. John Bosco, senior linebacker, had a great season, and uh, he deserves this moment to choose when he wants to go to school. Between LA, LA, USC, we'll find out on Fox Sports too. You know, one guy who's been a little bit. I don't know if he necessarily has handled the recruiting process as well. Uh, Achille Arnold had a couple Pac-12 offers, took visits Oregon State and ASU. Uh, what I'm hearing right now, Keith, is there might not be a spot at either of those spots, either of those places. Utah State was his other trip, and he loved Utah State. But guess what? That staff is now at, at Texas Tech. So Achille is a little bit in scramble mode. The kid is so talented. I don't think he should be. In, in scramble mode. I think the kids should have plenty of options right now, but uh, as of right now, uh, I don't see him signing next week. I think he's going to probably wait until February. And that's always the best move. If, if you don't have the option that you want, there's going to be so many schools that are going to lose out on their top guys this weekend, uh, this coming week, December 19th, um, that you could be a, a lightly recruited kid. You kind of wait it out, and all of a sudden, boom, here comes a bunch of P5 offers. So if you're a Kelly Arnold, I think he's going to wait. I think he definitely should wait. And we'll see what happens with Achille, but he'll most likely be waiting until February, Keith. Achille are big time safety, combo safety. He walk up in the box, also a terrific returner in special teams. Like you said, he should have more options. Doesn't have to come, but I think the more things will come his way once the clutter kind of gets um, clear. Signing, who isn't signing, who's still available. So, Achille Arnold, Mr. B.A. Hill, senior defensive back, waiting, but really, for that powerful offer. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's basically it right now, Keith. That's, that's, that's a good, you know, good group right there of, of SoCal kids. Some of the top SoCal kids and, and kind of the ones that are going to wait, the ones that are going to sign uh, and commit on Wednesday that are, that are non-committed right now. So, it should be a fun few, next few days. Uh, with McDuffie, Jaden, and, and Kayvon, and then we'll wait until Saturday to see what happens with guys. Oh, also on on the show is going to be Mace Funa. Uh, he's an Oregon commit, but he just recently tripped to USC. Family wants him at USC. Again, he goes to Mother Day. I already explained that pipeline. He's got guys pushing him to USC like crazy, but he loves Oregon. Uh, I think that's the staff that he really feels the most comfortable with. He feels feel like that's family for him. So we'll find out on signing day if Mace goes ahead and signs with Oregon, or does he go ahead and flip over to USC? So Mace Funa will also be making a final, final decision. And like I said, as of right now, he has not decommitted. He's still committed to Oregon. He still loves the Ducks. But uh, we'll see if he ends up staying with them or if he goes to USC. Mace Funa, one of the top linebackers in the nation, no question. Had to sit out his senior year, but there is no doubt Mace Funa can get it done in multiple ways on the football field, Greg. He can rush the passer. 
He can come downhill like a hammer on the run, or he can get out in passing lanes and step in front of something and take it to the house. Three-down linebacker, big-time player, big-time leader, loyal kid. I see him sticking with the Ducks, GB. All right, all right, we'll see. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what he's going to do. But uh, that will do it for recruiting notes for this week. And obviously we'll appreciate try to recap it as much as we can next week. Yes, yes, appreciate you being Right now, GB, it's time, my man. It's time, my man. It's time for the Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry's all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week, Greg Biggins, you got it. Talk to us about a kid at Etiwanda Yeah, Jerome Wilson, I, I like this kid. Just watched his senior film recently, and I think you would like this kid, too, as a former linebacker. He's versatile kid. He's about 6'2", 205, real good frame. He's athletic. He's strong. Plays through the whistle. Uh, kind of a lightly recruited right now. Montana State and Yale uh, have offered him. Washington State was an early offer, but not shown as much attention as some other schools. He had a home visit with Wyoming. Um, they're going to probably trip him, trip him in in January. New Mexico also could be a trip for him. But I think he's, no offense to those schools, I think he's a, uh, how do I say it politely? I think he can play at a higher level than even that. So he checks off a, a lot of boxes. You look at the frame, the athleticism, the toughness, the physicality, the playmaking ability. Uh, you mentioned Mace. I think this guy's a three-down backer, too. He can rush the passer. Uh, he can break down. He's not bad in coverage. So I think someone will get a steal. Etiwanda High School, they've been a little bit down. And when you're a little bit down, sometimes the colleges don't come by the school as much as they normally would. So hopefully someone will take a chance, take a look at Jerome Wilson. He's going to wait till February. Uh, we mentioned those other guys are all going to wait. Jerome's going to wait until February. He'll take some January trips. So Keep your eye out for Etiwanda, linebacker, 6'2", 205, Jerome Wilson. He can go. He's, he's a pretty, pretty good-looking player. Um, uh, I, I think he can play. So that is my sleeper, our sleeper of the week. Hey, man, that's, that's, that's a great look right there. It should be nice, fine. Wilson is 6'2", 205. Sounds like he's got some length. Length is, is it's a premium attribute. At the next level, Greg, you got to have that arm lift, that hand lift. You got to be able to extend and create separation. You got to be able to stack and shed, get off blocks. That lens will help you do that. Wilson, a kid that can run and hit, play in space and cover, that's a hot commodity, if you ask me. It should be some power fives knocking on his door, but I bet you a school like Nevada is going to come in in the back door and try to slide away with Mr. Jerome Wilson at Awanda High School. Congratulations on being our sleeper of the week. GB, it's time to get to some game recaps. When I talk about game recaps, and I'm not I'm talking singular, not plural. We're singular. talking one game. We are talking the Open Division State Championship. Of course, we have the 
De La Salle Spartans conquered, traveling south to meet the modern-day monarchs of Santa Ana in a clash of the titans at Cerritos College. And GB, before we get to talking about it, I didn't watch much of the game. I had it on, but I didn't watch much. Just wasn't that entertaining for me. But let's break it down, and I will add to what I did see. Let's talk about it. Modern day, they jump out early, seven nothing. What'd you see, GB? Yeah, I mean, modern day was in control, uh, and we talked about it. I, I said I, I could see it being close in the fourth quarter unless they the sell does what they did the last two years, and that's kind of meltdown with turnovers. And they had two real costly ones. One of them doesn't really count as a turnover, but it was it was a snap over the punter's head. Um, that's not really a turnover. But you basically gave Marday a touchdown right there. Uh, Marday was up fourteen to seven. Marday was up twenty eight to seven in total control. It was funny. Uh, I don't have, um, and a lot of people don't have, uh, you know, Spectrum TV. My mom was actually watching the game. It's kind of cute. My mom is really adorable. She's just that's just how she is. <laughs> but she says, "Why was that team trying to run so much? You know, they couldn't run the ball." I'm like, "Mom, that's State of South. They run the Veer. It'd be like asking Nebraska in the '70s, '80s." Why they run the wishbone so much? Why they try to pass the football? That running game's not working. Like that is what Data Cell does. And you know, Data Cell tried to throw and they actually had some success. I think they threw for over two hundred yards, maybe two hundred and fifty yards or something. The you sure. know, the young kid Hale, uh, just a sophomore, he actually threw it decently. I was so impressed with Mario's front seven though, because number one, Data Cell is able to usually run the ball against anybody. That was the best game I saw Evan Bennett play all year. He was a stud in the middle of that defensive line. Ironically, he was almost going to go to Dennis Al when he transferred, but he decided to go to modern day. Evan was a stud. It was the best game I saw uh, Jacoba Fumatu play all year long. Uh, Rajon Davis was a stud. Again, this guy has now established himself. He's not a one-game wonder. He is not a two-game wonder. This guy is an absolute football player. He was my player of the game against Bosco uh, a couple of weeks ago. Dude, he had another huge game with four more tackles for loss and a couple sacks. This guy, man, he gets it. He knows what he's doing. Um, secondary, I, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, not as good as they were in other games against Bosco or Centennial, but they were they were good enough to get the win. But that front seven, I for me, that was the issue. Can they stop Data Sal's run? And then offensively, can they make some plays? Bryce Young played, I don't know what other way to describe it, it was a beautiful game. I mean, Bryce played an absolute beautiful game. The way he threw the football, uh, I have his stats up here somewhere. Let me see if I can find them as I'm talking. 18 to 25, Keith, for 296 and two touchdowns. And you know what? Yeah. He had about 100 yards and dro- Brew McCoy dropped a 45-yarder and there was a, I don't know if you saw, there was a horrendous offensive P.I. call on Brew. That took yeah. another 45 yards. It was one of those deals where you don't ever call it. It was not even a push. It was two guys kind of not even grappling. I, it was the dumbest call I've ever seen, but that negated a 45-yarder uh, by Brew, and then Brew dropped uh, a 45-yarder. It, it, at that point in the game, Keith, the game was over. It was 20 to 7. Marty's driving. Deep ball to Brew. Uh, he drops it. It would have been a first down around the red zone. They scored there. They scored there at 35 to 7. Instead, they punted away. And all of a sudden now, Data South scores twice. Boom, boom. Now it's a one-possession game. You're going, hey, do we have do we have Hoosiers? 
going on right now? Do we see the little gritty gutty Hoosiers from De La Salle? Are they going to upset the mighty Monarchs? No, because the next drive, once they got it close, it was Bryce Young. It was hitting Mike Martinez, who had a great game. Brew McCoy. Uh, yeah, he did have that drop, but you know what? He also had seven catches for 116 yards. They single covered him most of the night, and he still almost had 200 yards and probably should have had 200 yards except for the two plays I just mentioned uh, going against you know, Amir Wallace, who was their stud defensive back, and Brew was just simply a mismatch. And I know you saw my tweet because it got some run on Facebook, Keith. Kind of controversial, I guess. I didn't realize, you know, I've tweeted about commitments. I've tweeted about post-trips. But I got more comments about my tweet about Brew being the best two-way player Marty's ever had. And I knew it would be controversial, Keith, because Matt Grudegood is kind of like one of those guys. It's almost like Michael he's Jordan. A, he's a where legend, legend. Yes. He's a legend. Like people, he's like Babe Ruth. People yes. don't remember Babe Ruth ever striking out. People don't remember Michael Jordan ever missing a shot. Right? The, the more time has gone by, you kind of remember those legends as being flawless. And, dude, nobody was a bigger Matt Grudigan fan than I was. I was on the sideline for the game against Long Beach Poly where he had the single best performance I've ever seen from a, from a player, period. And so I have great respect for Matt Grudigan. I just feel like Brew McCoy is a generational player. And I think we mentioned it last week. You have some guys that are just physically gifted with every single tool. And you have other guys that are just those classic overachievers with just the grit, the toughness, the competitiveness, the hunger, the dog mentality. And you have a, a few, very few players that have both of those two combined. And Brew has that. And man, I, I just, I love the way he plays. Um, you mentioned the game, kind of a little bit boring. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was better than that. It was a little floppy. Um, you know, again, the turnovers, there's a ton of reps ton of whistles. The refs, I thought, should have let them play a little bit. And Nathers even kind of made a comment, like, let these guys play. Uh, but modern day was clearly the better team, player for player. They had so much more talent. It probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, uh, a 35-21 game. And, and every time they just all got close, they would have fumbled. They had five fumbles, lost three of them, Keith. And it just takes me back to the last two years. This is the third year in a row where they've had so many self-inflicted wounds. These, these aren't where a receiver catches the ball and he gets blown up. These are guys just snapping the ball over the, over the punter or a quarterback center exchange goes on the ground, Keith. It wasn't even like, you know what I'm saying? These aren't even forced fumbles. They're just just absolute no reason, nobody around. The guy just drops the ball on the ground. And for years, I've been watching Data South since the 80s, and they were the most efficient, non-just mistake-free football team. And just in the last three years, it's been really weird for me to watch them and just see them implode like they have, again, three years in a row against Bosco and Marty two years in a row. Yeah, Greg, I, mean, I think that's what led to my boredom. I mean, I must have saw two or three fumbled snaps. Uh, there's penalties of the, you know, you know what. Between the, between the turnovers, the fumble snaps, the penalties, I was just over the game. It got to a point where I was frustrated watching it. I did get a chance to see Brew McCoy. Um, and, you, you know, everybody knows what I think about Brew. I love uh, Bryce Young. To me, he's super special. His ability to control the tempo of a game, to break you, break your defense down with his feet, or to be accurate with the football. How about Mike Martinez? Shows up big once again. Has he really stood tall the second half of the season? Big Mike Martinez has been 
Um, that number two option that they've been looking for all year long, and he has really stood tall for the modern day Monarchs offense and step up when his best was needed. He has delivered on the big stages. Shakobi Harper, though, you, you, the, the forgotten little guy in the <laughs> backfield, toting appeal, 122, three touchdowns. Congratulations to Shakobi, a Cerritos, Steelers, Pop Warner kid, a, a Cerritos resident, I believe, in, in his younger years. And my hat is off to him. He, he's only a guy who just works hard, right, Greg, and produces. And I have an affinity for guys like that. You work hard, you produce, you, you don't say much, you just keep working, you keep grinding, and eventually your time's going to come. Well, his time came in the state championship game. And he let it all be known that Jacoby Harbour is a big-time player that can put the ball in the end zone when that time comes. So, Harbour, 122 yards, three touchdowns, modern day runs away, 35-21, I never thought it was a game, Greg. I always thought Modern Day was in control. Even when it was a one-score game, they came right down the field with Bryce, Brew, Jacoby, Martinez, and they punched it in the end zone. So, De La Salle, as you said, they've imploded now three years in a row. Coach Allen Ball, in the deep, dark shadows of former Coach Lattisor, and he just seems to not be able to have the same type of magic. And I don't think anybody expected him to, Greg, because Coach Ladd is such a, we just talked about this, a good legend. Tough, tough shoes to fill. Tough shadow to get out from underneath. And De La Salle cannot get it done in SoCal versus the Monarchs. Congratulations, Modern Day. Back to back like Drake. Two-time state champs, possible national champs, or a mythical national champs. What do you got to say, Greg, at the modern-day Monarchs, man? Based on how their cupboard is loaded for next year with all these sophomores and juniors, we will be talking about the same team again next year, GB. I mean, they're going to be favored next year, absolutely. I mean, if some of the guys I hear rumored to be transferring in, transfer in along with the guys they have coming back, uh, you look at... You know, Elias Ricks, Darion Green-Warren, uh, Bryce Young. That whole offensive line is coming back. And we got to talk about those guys, right? They never get any love, but Ty Marks, Lavasa, George Mikey Hahn, all those guys really stepped it up and, and played great. A lot of unsung heroes, a lot of young players on that defense, though. Rajon Davis, Puamatu, Neely, uh, Jalen Davies, who had, had a really good game. Uh, Davies makes them, a, makes them a better team than they, than they had been. And you look at modern day, they were playing – without Ricks, without Mace Funa, and without Miles Morale. Probably the top O-line, the top linebacker, the top DB in the state, and they still won. And like you said, I agree with you, Keith. Even with a one-possession game, it just it never felt like it was going to be a one-possession game in the end. You know, kind of like whenever Marty wanted to turn around and put their kind of foot in the gas, uh, they were able to. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Jacoby Harper, three touchdowns. Just uh, He's a football player, right? That's the best way to describe him. He's sure. a football player. Um, Mike Martinez, again. You've been on him all year. I, I love the way he played second half of the season. And they needed him because they sure. didn't have a secondary option behind Brew. They really didn't. And that's why I was kind of mystified by watching the game. They didn't double-team either kid. And they didn't have – there wasn't a, a, a second receiver. Uh, Dollars made some plays in the slot. But you could have conceivably doubled 
Martinez and Brew if you wanted to, the way they were lining them up. But they chose not to, and both those two guys were hurting their defense. And, you know, Alan Ball, my, 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 you know, hats off to him. Um, I don't think people understand how, how hard it is to come out here and play against what you would say, you, you, your term, super teams. Uh, sure. You know, Davis South, they, they've got a – Justin's won a couple state titles. They were able to win a couple state titles. They've beaten Centennial a couple times. So it's not just they, – they haven't completely fallen flat on their face uh, since Coach Ladd left. And I've seen people tweeting, they need to change this whole offense. They need to get with the times. I mean, Davis South's lost with his offense in the last five years, maybe two or three games. I mean, yeah, they right. they, they come out here and lose to Marty and Bosco, but guess what? Every team in the country would lose to Marty and Bosco. No matter right. where they're from, you know, they haven't lost to a NorCal team in I don't know how many years. 30 and years. De La Salle, yeah. 30 years. De La Salle would have beaten any other team. Um, I, I honestly believe that, except for Marty and Bosco. Um, Centennial would have been a great game with De La Salle. But every other team, De La Salle wins with that beer offense. So I don't think they need to change. Uh, they just need more talent. They need better players. And they need to not turn the ball over. But, uh, Hats off tomorrow day, like you mentioned, they'll be number one next year preseason. It'll be it'll be fun to see them. Um, overcame a lot, a lot of off the field nonsense this year they had to deal with. Uh, if there was one thing that kind of was annoying for me, it was watching the Marty players have to talk and gyrate and get in someone's face after every single play. I'm like, dude, just shut up and play. And maybe that's because my respect for Davis L. I'm like, dude, just shut up and play. You know what I'm saying? It was like after every play, someone's going to jaw at someone or, or just do something. So that was annoying. But other than that, uh, modern day, man, they, uh, they overcame a lot of off-the-field crap and, and some of it, most of it self-inflicted. They get it done back-to-back. And I guess we can't put it to bed just yet. There's still games this weekend that will preview for the Friday show, Keith. Yeah, no question about it, BGB, but I can guarantee you this. This ain't your grandmother's modern-day high school football team anymore, my friend. This is a new, new modern-day football team, a, a, a very, very active and energetic, I will just call it, modern-day football team. And nonetheless, they get the job done, win the state title back-to-back. So congratulations to them. GB, we can't have to say yet. Fans, listeners, we appreciate you guys for listening to us. I'm recording live from Canton, Ohio, baby. This is how we do it. We got the Friday matchup show coming up to you this Friday. We're going to preview all the state final games. Without further ado, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.